Hey, this is Greg Knapp. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to cover why you should stop listening to everyone. I know that sounds weird. Hang in. How you are talented enough to do everything you want to do. And I've got an interview with New York Times bestselling author Daniel Coyle on his book, The Talent Code. Greatness isn't born, it's grown. Here's how. Sound good? Let's do it. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. Okay, I've got some counterculture advice for you. Are you ready? I mean, listen, if you want to pursue your passion or purpose, you want to create the life of your dreams, it's time to stop listening. Uh, Greg? Slow down, buddy. That sounds a little crazy. I mean, everybody I know talks about how important it is to listen. There are seminars and books and videos and courses. I mean, you can spend your lifetime learning how to become a great listener. And now you're telling me to stop listening. Have you gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Uh, I understand your skepticism. I do think you need to be a bit more politically correct to our friends with mental health special needs. But let me explain for just a second, all right? Hey, listen. You just told me not to listen. I know, it's a figure of speech. I'm not saying stop listening to everyone and everything. I mean, that would be bozo. I'm saying you need some selective hearing. You know, selective hearing like when somebody calls you to dinner compared to when somebody tells you to clean the kitchen. Selective listening. So be selective about who you listen to, about what you listen to, because what you hear, what people say to you, and what you listen to can either support you and encourage you can build you up, or it can demoralize you. It can tear you down. It can make you give up. Are you listening to the world, or are you listening to yourself? Because if you're not selective about who and what you listen to, it will tear you apart. See, the world will demand that you meet its needs. The world will give you all kinds of reasons to do what it tells you to do. It will result in a never-ending game of... When then? Have you ever played the when then game, right? So here's what the world tells you. You know, when you get enough money or know the right people or earn the right degree or when you have enough experience, then you can try and do what you really want to do. Then you can try and launch your own business. Then you can produce your own product or service or website or whatever it is you want to do, right? The world says when you get that dream job or that promotion or, or maybe that bonus or the new house or the granite tabletops or the HGTV interior decorating, then you will be happy. Then you will be successful. Oh, how about this one? The world says when you create a real lightsaber, then you will become the coolest dad in the universe. Okay, wait, don't put that in the podcast, Greg. Use your inside voice on that one. That might just be you. Sorry. So when then always leaves us wanting more and much less happy than we thought we'd be. A friend of mine said it's the cul-de-sac of stupidity where you think, okay, that last car didn't get me as quite as happy as I wanted. So the next car I buy and you go around the cul-de-sac again. That last house I was in wasn't quite good enough. I've got to upgrade to the next one. And you go around the cul-de-sac again, and you end up right where you were before. The cul-de-sac of stupidity. I like that. See, the world will whisper that you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. Your job isn't prestigious enough. You're not important enough. 
You know, really, you don't do anything significant. You're going to fail if you try that. You're a fraud. Why would anyone want to work with you? Hey, why would they buy from you? Who are you to write a book? Who are you to start a business? You know, the world will tell you you don't really count and you never will. Man, you know what? The world is kind of a jerk. So why do we keep listening to it when it's telling us stuff that hurts us? See, the world will whisper you're not good enough. You get to decide if you listen. So listen to yourself. Follow your passion and purpose. And that will lead you to being happier, more successful, more significant, a better person for all you love. See, you get to decide what's important to you and your family. Don't give that power to anyone else. Okay, now, I want to tap the brakes for just a second because I don't want you to think I'm one of those guys that says all you have to do is follow your passion and everything will be perfect. No. Sometimes your passion is a hobby because it's not going to make you any money. Sometimes something you're passionate about, you're not very good at, and it should stay a hobby because you're never going to be good enough to make money at it. But guess what? We all have more than one passion. So what we've got to do is find the passion and the purpose that can overlap into something that we can become really good at and earn money at, if that's what we want to do with it, if that's what we want to base our career on, right? All right. So here's the question. Why are you doing all the things you're doing right now? And are you happy with the answer? See, when passion and desire meet, you have tremendous power. When passion, desire, a need for what you're doing, and people's ability to pay for all of that meet together, now you got something. Again, if what you're looking for is your career. See, when you put everything into it, you're going to have more enjoyment and success. Don't murder your dreams by telling yourself you can't do what you feel you were born to do. I love what Steve Jobs said about it. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. People ask me all the time, Greg, come on. You really think that everybody can live an extraordinary life? I mean, isn't that just for the special people? No, I really do believe everyone can live the extraordinary life they've dreamed about. But here's the thing. Not everyone will because it takes a lot of work. You've got to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do for years so that then you're living a life that other people will never live. So decide what you want, why you want it, and start today with some baby steps. Remember, it doesn't have to be this huge leap, but you do have to start. So here's my question for you on part one. What baby steps can you take today to get started? On to part two, talent. Oh, hey, because you're listening to the podcast, I want to give you my book, Go, for free. Just go to gregorybnapp.com slash go free. It's in the show notes. Just go to gregorybnapp.com slash go free. Everything you need to pursue your passion and purpose, you already have, or you can learn it. Come on, Greg. I know your positive outlook is awesome, and we all know, though, that your success really comes down to how much talent you're born with right? It comes down to talent. Okay, for a second, forget about whether that's true or not. Let me just ask you something. If you really believe that your success is out of your control and it's determined by some innate talent, will that belief help you achieve your goals? Yes or no? No, of course it won't. Because you think, well, I either have it or I don't. The good news is the latest research shows that that whole idea that you either have it or you don't is wrong. Now, two big books I love on this. 
One is called Talent is Overrated by Jeff Colvin, and the other one was called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. We're going to talk with him in a minute. So both books found the same thing, that the data shows there's no proof of what most of us call talent. So even people who seem to show an uncanny talent early really aren't more talented than the other people. Researchers looked at children playing instruments. They found the children that were really good really quickly were not, quote, more talented, end quote. Guess what they found? This is going to be shocking. Are you ready? The children who were really good practiced more. (laughs) Shocking. I know. But there's a little bit more. They practiced more and they practiced better and they often had better instructors. But the biggest indicator of what they were calling precocious ability was how long they practiced every week. And look, there's no great talent without hard work. And the harder you work, the more talent you have. I know it's not what a lot of people want to hear, but to me, really, it's, it's liberating. It's freeing because you don't have to think, well, you know, I can't do that. I wasn't born with the talent. No, 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 no. No great talent without hard work. The harder you work, the more talent you have. You can use that. Don't forget that the kind of practice you do matters big time. In fact, they say it matters just as much as the amount of time you practice. They call it deep, deliberative practice. Now, here's how Colvin describes it in his book. Quote, deliberate practice is characterized by several elements, each worth examining. It is activity designed specifically to improve performance, often with the teacher's help. It can be repeated a lot. Feedback on results is continuously available. It's highly demanding mentally, whether the activity is purely intellectual, such as chess or business-related activities, or heavily physical, such as sports. And it isn't much fun, end quote. Oh, man, why'd you have to put that isn't much fun part in there? But it's true. I mean, when you're really in it and you're practicing deep and hard, It is tough, man, but here's what's really cool about it. You don't have to stay in that deep, deliberative practice for long for it to have really, really big impacts. Now, Coyle sees it slightly differently, but he calls it deep practice, and it's it's very interesting. He says you got to stay in this thing he calls the sweet spot. It's the sweet spot of struggle. It's where you're out of your comfort zone for sure, but you're not so far out that you can't do it at all. You're struggling, but you're able to do it. You got to be able to catch and correct your errors right away. It's very mentally taxing. Most people can't do it for long periods, but if you can stay in this deep practice for at least 10 minutes, you can do in those 10 minutes what it takes weeks of regular practice to do. How cool is that? Here's from Coyle, quote, the sweet spot, that productive, uncomfortable terrain located just beyond our current abilities where our reach exceeds our grasp. Deep practice is not simply about struggling, It's about seeking a particular struggle, which involves a cycle of distinct actions. See, Coyle found that if you broke down these big skills into chunks and slow down the skill you're practicing and do a little every day, you're golden. All-nighters don't make up for weeks of no practice. I think we learned that in college, right? I did. I know, me too. More important than the time put in, though, the time in deep practice. I love what Thomas Foxwell Burton said. With ordinary talent and extraordinary perseverance, all things are attainable. But you know what's interesting to me? I I was thinking, how often do you do deep practice in your career right now? I mean, most of us just go to work every day and expect to become great by doing the same thing over and over every day, never really stretching. And we'll do a little continuing ed and we go through the motions, but we're not really working in deep practice mode for our career. But we could. 
Uh, let's take, for instance, let's say uh, you're a salesperson. You could be breaking down your sales presentations into chunks, practicing them until you're super smooth, doing it in front of a colleague you trust to get immediate feedback and tweak it and get better. If you did that kind of thing in whatever your career is, what would happen if you became world-class at whatever you do? I mean, hey, let's say you're a surgeon. You could do deep practice on medical dummies and cadavers to work on the really intricate stuff that you have to do to get to your next level and the next difficult surgery. Oh, wait, that's what doctors do. <laughs> so why don't we do that equivalent in whatever career we have? So here's my question on part two. What could you do to practice skills that would take you and your career to that next level? On to part three. All right, I'm now bringing in New York Times best-selling author, Daniel Coyle. His book is called The Talent Code. Greatness isn't born, it's grown, here's how. And the book looks at this. What's the secret of talent? How do you unlock talent? And so what you get out of the book, it's going to provide you as a parent or a teacher or a coach or a business person. It's going to give you tools you can use to maximize the potential in yourself and all the people you actually care about. He's also got out now the little book of talent. And Daniel, I got to tell you, when I'm reading these, what I love about them is the idea that you can create and grow your talent instead of some of the old school beliefs we have that, well, I could never play the guitar like that. I, I could I could never play soccer like that. I don't have the born talent that I need. And you're saying, wait a second, this isn't about being born. This is something you can grow. Give us kind of an overview of that. Well, this whole thing started when I started visiting these talent hotbeds around the world. I, I began visiting a little tennis club outside Moscow that produced more top 20 women players in the entire United States. And we all know about these talent hotbeds, but I went and see them went 50,000 miles over the course of some years and looked at the common behaviors that they had and, and also looked at some brain science around this question. And the old story that we're told about you sort of have it or you don't, you're born with it or you're not, is uh, is a very, it's kind of a, a fascinating, addictive story because this idea that we've all got some magic inside us or we don't have that magic inside us. The problem is that it's sort of a crippling story. And the other problem is that it's not actually true. When you look at these places and you look at the common patterns of behavior, they're all doing the same stuff to make their brains work faster and better. And all human talent is in the brain. We talk about muscle memory, but muscles are actually doing what the brain tells them to do. So the book is sort of an exploration and uh, and hopefully has some, some good tips in it for sort of showing how these places work. The blueprint uh, that they use to build their skills is the same as any humans. So um, it's all about practicing in a certain way. It's about being motivated in a certain way, and it's about having the right kind of coaching. Yeah, and I love that because as you learn more while you're reading through the book, there, there's this little girl, Clarissa, who plays the, the clarinet in The Talent Code. And the people who are studying this and studying myelin in your brain and, and how the increase of that into certain parts of the brain uh, help you increase this talent, are saying that if you practice correctly, you could right. practice in seven minutes and, and make gains in that seven minutes more than you would in seven weeks if you're doing it the wrong way. Because a lot of us just ah, just play around with this song, play around with this song. Yeah. Or if you're if you're shooting baskets, I'm just going to shoot some three-pointers and then I'm just going to do But if you actually do it, as you talk about practicing that certain way where you're you're right at that level where you can almost not do it, but you yep. but you sometimes can. You said about 50 to 80% of the time you're getting it right. Yep. And as soon as you make a mistake, you fix it. That yep. that is training your brain so much quicker. 
I mean, people, if you get this and you get the book and you read through this and understand it, I'm telling you, you can make leaps in increasing your talent that you wouldn't get before. And that's what I love about it, Daniel. But what you have three things here that you say you've got to start with in order to really start developing that talent. And I know a lot of people listening want their kids to start developing this. Right. What, what, what do you do to spark that and get it going? You have these three things you listed. There's a few different things you can do. One is we're all sort of born with a, with, a, with a windshield in front of us, you know, the people that we stare at. That is a huge, huge impact. We normally think of motivation as kind of coming from the heart or from the inside. But in fact, when we see someone that we want to become, when we see someone in front of us that we want to be, it ignites a tremendous amount of motivation. The other thing is when we operate on the edges of our ability, just like you were describing, when we operate on the very edges, that's when we're making new connections in our brain. Those mistakes that you make when you're on the edge, when you really feel that mistake and you really realize where it is and it helps guide your next reach, that is the key thing, to spend time on the edge of your ability, reaching just beyond it, recognizing your mistakes, fixing those mistakes. Those mistakes are kind of a gift. Those mistakes help you um, reach for the next time. So that struggle, that struggle that you feel on the edge of your ability, it's sort of a biological requirement. You know, you have to be in that space. Um, and the third factor is really, is, is in most cases, not in all cases, but finding a master coach, finding someone to help guide you in this process, to help both inspire you and fill your windshield, but also tell you where to reach in real time. Good stuff. Daniel Coyle with us. It's called The Talent Code and also The Little Book of Talent. It's got 52 tips for improving your skills, and it's really for anything, whether you're a salesman, whether you're somebody who plays an instrument or somebody who plays a sport or you want to do this with your children or whatever it is that you do at work. All these skills and talents can be developed, and this helps you do it faster, which is really cool. You can buy it at Amazon.com, the bookstores. You can go to thetalentcode.com. There's even some stuff in here on how to coach if you want to be coaching a little league team or coaching your daughter. And and I want to ask you about that, Daniel. Is uh, My 11-year-old plays piano, and she enjoys it, but she likes to play things fast. Yep. You know, she just yep. wants to keep playing, and she just likes to keep playing the song. And And I'm trying to help her understand this. How do I get her to understand the concepts of this book without making it boring for her? What do you recommend on that? Right. Well, it's about it's about the signals that you sent. And when most of the time, as a parent, we want to when when our kids are struggling, we sort of flinch because it's kind of painful to watch your kid go really slow and struggle and make mistakes and fix them. But in fact, if you can flip that on its head and really celebrate those moments where she does have to go slow, where she does make a mistake, and then she sort of feels that mistake and fixes it. If you can make that, it, it sounds ugly when people are practicing. There's a real, there's a real uh, theme here in all this stuff that you got to kind of be willing to practice ugly. You got to be willing to struggle and sweat and be on the edge of your ability. So whenever you catch your kid, your daughter on the edge of her ability, just take a second and really celebrate that and really celebrate that and make sure that she realizes, you know, when someone's in the gym, if they, if they lift really one pound weights, um, and, and it's easy all the time, they don't get many gains. And and to say that, okay, when you're on that edge, that's what you want. That's the sweet spot that you want to spend time at. Um, to sort of celebrate those moments makes a big difference. Yeah, embracing the struggle, which which I totally agree with, and, and getting it so that your child understands that, and, and then having some reward for it when it's done, and, and letting them kind of have the fun part that ignites them too, right? Uh, having a, a song that they really like to play maybe that they end with after exactly. they've been struggling for 30 minutes, right? Exactly. And also realizing that you don't need to, you know, as parents and as coaches, we always think, well, you have to practice for an hour. Soccer practice has to be two hours. 
when you take a look around in the world and see how people are actually practicing who are at the very, very top level of their sport, it's very short, intense bursts, very short, intense bursts. Their practices aren't that long. As you mentioned with that story about Clarissa, the clarinet player, a great five minutes, a great really intense on the edge of your ability five minutes outweighs six hours of doing it sort of in, in, in your comfort zone. So being getting comfortable being uncomfortable, practicing in short bursts, and really embracing that struggle are things that parents and coaches can do. Daniel Coyle, the name of the book is The Talent Code and The Little Book of Talent, 52 Tips for Improving Your Skills, thetalentcode.com. And and lastly, let me ask you for somebody that says, hey, I, I'm too old to play a sport. I don't play an instrument. I just want to get better at what I do at work. Let's say I'm a salesman. How does this book help me for something like that? Well, you know, being sales is like any other skill. It's about pattern recognition. When somebody walks into a room and realizes who to talk to, it's really a, what we would call a soft skill. And the best way to practice a soft skill is to sort of create that environment over and over again. Um, when you give a sales pitch, uh, say you don't, we're tempted to sometimes practice it on our own in a room. We don't actually deliver sales pitches to empty rooms. We deliver them to people. So my advice would be to pre-create the situation you're going to be facing and spend a tremendous amount of time in that pre-created situation. You know, if you're going to get good at basketball, it's best to do it in live action. And it's the same thing with sales. And so to spend time and really thinking about it and focusing when you make a mistake, going back and looping through that over and over again. And, and repeating it, almost like a skateboarder practices. There's a, there's a real um, connection in the way, uh, say, a skateboarder moves through a skateboard park, playing around on the edges, making mistakes, feeling those mistakes, and, and doing it again and over and over again to what a good salesperson would do, sending those messages, connecting to an audience, figuring out what message works the best. It's all inside the brain, and it's all about being on the edge of your ability and doing it over and over and over again until you get fast and fluent. Yeah, the best message in these books to me is that science has proven you are not born with it or without it, that you can – obviously, there's certain things like I'm not going to be Shaquille O'Neal because I'm yep. not seven feet tall, yep. but skills that you can acquire, you're not born with them or not born or, or not born with them. You can acquire them, and this tells you how to do it, and that should be a huge hopeful idea for not just adults but also for kids and for people who are trying to raise kids. So thanks for the books. We're excited about them, thetalentcode.com. You can also go to amazon.com and the bookstores, Daniel Coyle from The Talent Code and The Little Book of Talent. Hey, Daniel, thanks so much for being with me. Thanks for having me, Greg. I really enjoyed it. Hey, because you listen to the podcast, I want to give you my book, Go, for free. Just go to gregorybnapp.com slash go free. It's in the show notes as well, gregorybnapp.com slash go free. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe, write it, leave a review, tell a friend. Thanks for being a part of building this podcast to help everyone find their purpose and live their passion. Let's go.